message doesn't sound like good news, it might not be the good news. I've got some good news for you. God is preparing you so that you will lack in nothing. So he tells us that he wants us to take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. If we don't capture our thoughts, then we will be captured by our thoughts, and they will take us to a place that's negative. Capture our thoughts to the obedience of Christ. Because, if guys, the place where you start with your thoughts determines where you're going to end up. If you start in fear, doubt, worry, human effort, guess where you're going to end? In the flesh. Here's what Romans 8, 6 says. The mindset and the things of the flesh brings death. The mindset and the things of the spirit brings life and peace. Where your thinking starts determines where you're going to line up. So I'm going to read a verse to you here. James chapter 1. I'm going to start with verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers. Wow, what are we going to count joy, God? Whenever you meet trials of various kinds. Have you guys noticed that God's way of thinking is like way different than our way of thinking? Like, like from his perspective, um, like trials are something to get like really happy about. Like, like to do the happy dance. It's like you have a difficulty comes your way and you're like, yes. You like call your friend like, I got a trial. Your friend's like, dude, I am so jealous. Happy birthday to you. That's literally the attitude. Why on earth would heaven think this way? Are like gluttons for punishment? No, listen to this. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. What's a trial? It's when your faith is tested. It's when things look the exact opposite of what you're promised. Has anyone encountered that? Let me prophesy to you. You guys ready? You're either coming out of a trial or you're in the middle of a trial, or you're about to go into a trial. God bless you. You better listen up. <laughs> For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be, sure, may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The whole point of a trial is to give you something, not to take something away. It's to advance you, it's to add something to you, which is why you can be joyful. God allows in his wisdom what he could easily prevent by his power. Your silence is not intimidating me today at all. I'm just going to count that as a trial. It's interesting, um, as I'm getting ready to preach on trials, um, last night our basement flooded. Happy birthday to this guy. It was funny because we go down, there's about two inches of standing water, and uh, it's a finished basement, by the way. And so I go down there, and I'm like, Mary, get the towels. And so I get the towels, and I throw the towel in there, and the towel just sinks under two inches of water. I'm like, you know what? This is not a towel job. Like, we, we need. So I run up, to, you know, it's like torrential rain, and uh, like we're hydroplaning on the way to Walmart, and I get there, and uh, there's even some Zion people, like, blew, I'm like, hey, just blew past them and, and blew home. And I get the, like the biggest, baddest shot back you can get. We soaked up over 120 gallons of water last night. My lower discs are just cursing the guy who made that hose so short. I'm like, extend the thing. Like, who wants to, like, my goodness, like for the Oompa Loompas or something. So I just said, what an awesome time to spend extra time with my wife and kids. This is so great. This is wonderful. Um, we, uh, we got to see some dead mice floating. That was exciting, too. So I sucked up all the water. Mary's like, are you going to get the dead mice? I'm like, no, we're waiting for Joshua to get home from work. 
Okay, dead mouse. It was just one. Okay, thank you. Mary's, Mary's clarifying it. Thank you. It wasn't a biblical plague of mice. It was one mouse. Listen, gang, God allows in his wisdom what he could easily prevent in his power. This is how the kingdom works. We have a father who doesn't punish. This is why trials are so awesome. We have a father who doesn't punish. Anything that's coming to test your faith is not a punishment from God. I'll just let that wreck some of your theology right there. Any situation you're going on, you're not being punished, and he always has an answer. Remember, another name for the Holy Spirit is holy genius. He's, he's literally like on the inside of you like, um, hey, I'm amazing at that, and uh, I'm not afraid to tell you. So just ask me. Just literally ask, and it will be given. You have not because you... This is so hard. What am I going to do? The promises say this and that. Where you start is where you're going to end up. And when you're starting in fear, doubt, anxiety, you're going to end up in the flesh. No place good. I like how Bill Johnson says it. God disciplines us so that his blessings won't kill us. What's God after? He's after you lacking in nothing. How's he going to get you there? He's going to get you mature and complete by having your faith tested. Think of it, um, trials are the gymnasium in which you acquire spiritual strength. Everyone's like, I hate the gym. Yeah. <laughs> I know I, I feel a little embarrassed giving exercise illustrations with my current physique, but I have uh, I've studied these things in depth, and I understand them at a molecular level. And so, um, <laughs> so the theory still works. I always say, you know, you guys have heard me say many times, you don't get a body like this overnight. It takes... Years of neglect, right? <laughs> the only way you can tell my chest from my back is the presence of two nipples. Go the straight down. Okay, okay. I had to say it quick because I knew Mary was going to cut me off on that one. <laughs> no, nipples. <laughs> what happens when you exercise? The muscles are torn down and the fibers grow back stronger. What happens when your faith is tested? It's like, whoa, what is that? You depend on God, and now you begin to have authority in that area. The grace for lacking nothing increases upon your life. Verse 2, count it all joy, my brothers, whenever you meet trials of various kinds. Why? For the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Another translation says patience. Another one says fortitude, staying power. Here's my favorite, heroic endurance. So not only will you be stretched and not be broken, you'll be stretched and you'll become even stronger. Perseverance uh, means you will not break. It's when you're drawing a line in the sand and you're saying, I don't care what I see, taste, hear, smell, or feel. I'm only moved by what God's word says. What's that doing? That's capturing every thought and taking it captive to Christ. A lot of times we're just driven by our emotions. I'm just not feeling God. Uh, Welcome to the new covenant. It's called faith, not the feeling. That one was free. One commentator said this about uh, that heroic endurance. It's not simply the ability to bear things. It's the ability to turn them into greatness and glory. How are you going to do this? Well, where you start with your thinking is going to determine where you end up with your thinking. Verse 4. And let, not and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. 
God cannot use you greatly until he has tested you deeply. I want to change the world. Oh, man, this person cut me off and it ruined my whole day. You might have a little work to do there, buddy. So-and-so didn't say hi to me. So-and-so, okay. I think one of the greatest tests of character is Facebook. My goodness gracious. I'm not going there. I had to delete a comment last week, so I probably should. I don't have a lot of authority to talk on that one. It was a good one, though. Oh, man. It was so awesome. But, yeah, anyway. Um, the trial is to produce a heroic endurance because God wants you to be complete, lacking in nothing. That's, that's the reason you can be joyful in these trials. When he says lacking in nothing, what do you think he means by that? Do you think he just means like spiritual purity? Okay, I mean, that, like that would be awesome. I mean, that's absolutely important. Um, what else do you need to live a life fully in God? What else do you need? Um, need money? Lacking in nothing. How about favor? How about help? How about reconciled relationships? Fill in the blank. Lacking in nothing. What's going to happen? Your faith is going to be tested, which means it's going to stink for a little bit. It's going to be the exact opposite of what the promise says, so that you can see the strength of the promise, so that you'll know it by experience, so the truth will set you free by experience and not just by theory. It's when the sermon becomes a seed and it bears fruit. I wish there was a different way other than growing in manure, but that's how it works. We got nipples, we got manure. We're doing good. <laughs> How many have had a situation where you wish you had money to give and you didn't have it? Anyone else but me here? Okay. So that means we were lacking in something. God wants to get us to the point where we're lacking in nothing. There's actually a promise in the Second Corinthians 9 where he talks about when uh, financially he wants you to be able to abound unto every good work. It's actually in the Bible. How many of you have ever uh, you've been with somebody and you needed to give them some word of wisdom, some word of advice, and what you were giving them, it didn't satisfy them and it didn't satisfy you either. It's just like you just didn't have anything, right? And anybody else? Lacking in nothing. The enemy brings a trial into your life to wreck you, and you come out on the other side with a grace to more and more lack in nothing. I mean, that's like the ultimate black eye for the devil. I mean, he comes in to ruin your life, and it turns around, and it turns you into a champion for him. I mean, it's so funny. I, I think it's uh, oh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 15, where it talks about how if the enemies of God, if, if, if Satan would have known that uh, killing Jesus would have produced all this, he never would have done it. Okay? He still hasn't learned his lesson. He's coming at you with a trial. And if you can get this perspective of heaven, if you can capture these thoughts and make them obedient to Christ, that today's my day. <laughs> what if you just looked at all the mess of your life and said, you know what, God, how do I partner with you? Because he's got an answer to everything. How do I partner with you and turn all of these into a massive upgrade? You want an upgrade? Partner with God in the messes of your life. Begin to count them joy. Oh, man, I got some messes. He must be doing something sweet on the inside of me. This is like steroids, but they're legal. 
<laughs> Every time we make it through a situation, our faith is not damaged, but we come through with purity of heart, we have more of the lacking and nothing grace added to our life. Listen to verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. He starts giving examples. If you lack, start asking. Who gives generously to all. He doesn't give with a tight fist. He gives with an open hand. Guys, catch the character of our father here. He's like, I'm trying to make you amazing. And if you can't see it, just ask me for wisdom. I'll just, I'll just pour it on you. I'll begin to give you heaven's perspective on this thing if you can't see it. Let him ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. Bless God, I'm going to take this city. Oh my goodness, I don't even know if God's true. Have you met any of these people? You get a little seasick around them, don't you? There is a famous book called Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. He called this person Mr. Facing Both Ways. Every trial that comes to you comes to the Jesus in you. Don't ever let a difficult situation rob you of your identity. Your identity is that you are in a new covenant. You are in Christ, and Christ is in you. So this thing is coming. It's an unfair fight. Unless you start from the flesh, and you're going to try to meet this thing in your human strength, and then enjoy your ulcer. But if you start from heaven's perspective, you begin to consider pure joy. Oh, my goodness. This is an invitation to an upgrade. This is how it works in the kingdom. He'll never allow me to come into a situation that I'm not fully equipped to win. That's one of your promises, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Anything that's coming your way, you are fully equipped to have victory in. The only reason it's in there is because he's trying to make you into someone who is lacking nothing. Every time you come out of the difficult circumstance, you may not have an understanding, but you've kept your heart pure. God, I'm not getting offended. I'm not partnering with disappointment. God, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on you. He will make those things for your benefit. Let me just remind you of who you are in the New Covenant. These are uh, straight out of our Ephesians series. Uh, so I only made it through Ephesians 1 with 11 sermons, and so it's over. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed it. Here's a couple things of what we learned about you and the New Covenant. Remember, you're facing him in a New Covenant. You're facing these trials with him. You are someone who's been made one with the three-in-one. You've been enfolded into Christ like an ingredient into cookie dough. Your life is entwined with his life like a piece of rope woven together. You are a dispenser of the divine. You carry like Mary the Christ within and you will give birth to glory. You never look at yourself apart from Christ because God never does. You're the fiance of Jesus. You're part of a terrorist training camp to destroy the works of the devil. And God's making you a bride worthy of his son. Listen, gang, if he told you not to be unequally yoked, he's not going to have a bride unequally yoked to his son. How's he going to do this? There's going to be some difficulties. There's going to be some things that are going to come, and they're going to test your faith. And you're going to need wisdom. You're going to need the Holy Spirit. But you can actually count it joy because there's something on the inside where he's making you to be the person that you've dreamed of and he's dreamed of. Ephesians 1 says, you have access to everything heaven contains. It would literally bankrupt heaven if they gave you any more because he already put everything into you when he put you into Christ. So we've got to break this cycle of worry and fear and doubt because that's the double man who's unstable. If you're in Christ, so is your situation. There's always a solution. Your problem is a yahoo moment. 
Every issue you face has been assigned an outcome by God that is to generate an upgrade. I'm going to say it again. Every issue you face has been assigned an outcome by God that is to generate an upgrade. How about you just take all your problems for a spin with Jesus and just find out what those upgrades are? Or you can complain and worry and call your friends for prayer requests, which is really just worrying, unless you're really calling them for a prayer request, then you're on the other side. I've done it both ways. I've whined to get some sympathy. It feels good. It just doesn't last, especially when I'm sick. My wife can tell you that. Actually, this is weird. I do actually don't mind getting, like, a little bit sick. Like, like, not, like, nausea, but, like, enough that I can get, like, attention. But, not, like, not so much that I'm miserable. And so it's, it's a weird thing, so. I need a lot of attention, okay? I'm sorry. Pray for Mary. But I don't believe in sickness. But if I get it, eh. Never let a circumstance rob you of your identity. Jesus is your divine advantage. Listen to 2 Corinthians 2.14. God always leads us in triumph. Next time a trial hits, that might be just something you just want to just speak out of your mouth. You know, the, uh, the word of faith movement has gotten a lot of bad press. Uh, so there was lots of excesses. Um, if you ever read Kenneth Hagin, um, I challenge you to find the excess. The guy was absolutely amazing. And uh, so there's a lot of things, you know, yeah, yeah, that name it and claim it. Well, here's what I know, gang. Everything that you receive from the Lord, you're going to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That's how you receive things in the kingdom of God. You believe here to the point where it begins to affect the way that you speak. Your mouth becomes a thermometer of what you're believing. So you can make fun of name it and claim it all you want, but unless you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you ain't going to get it. That felt good too. Victory is your starting place. Breakthrough has already been assigned to you. What if you just said, you know what, I'm just going to worship the Lord until I get a revelation of what that is, and then I'm going to move. You know what that's called? Wisdom. Is God, I'm not sure what's going on here, but I'm just going to worship you until you just begin to download what's happening here, and then I'm going to move on that. And when you do that, your, your faith is strengthened and your upgrade begins to come into your life. That's it. That's the message. Here's how I'd like to close it. Um, if we could just have, I was going to have people stand who are like facing a trial or need wisdom. Yeah, if you're saying, hold on. Okay, I'll get that in a second. Mary's got something. Come on up, babe. I'll just have everyone stand for that. I just have a, oh, a, just a word to release to you guys. I felt like it kind of went with your message. I didn't know what he was speaking on today, but I just heard the Lord say that he's moving you from frustration to pleasure and praise. And I think like even as prophetic people, we, we tend to be, carry some frustration because we see how things should be. And so we walk around frustrated. And um, a lot of times if we don't come from that place of pre- pleasure and praise, we end up uh, doing things in our own strength to try to make what we see from heaven come about. And it all just kind of goes to pot, right? I mean, it, it doesn't work out 
the way it really is supposed to look. And so, um, so yeah, so when you're in that place of pleasure and praise, you can't hold on to control. You can't hold on to um, bitterness or unforgiveness. When you are in that place of just praising the Lord, there's a pleasure that comes, and all that other stuff just doesn't matter. And, I, you know, I've been talking about praise for a few mo- couple months, and um, we're learning this as a lifestyle, right? Some of us have got us got it. I know Chris Washek already lives that life, but <laughs> Chris good. is amazing. But um, so so yeah, if you guys could just stand, I want to go after a couple of things here real quick. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um. So just let's just. Does anybody want to move from frustration to pleasure and praise? You do? Okay. All right. So just maybe hold your hands out. And so close your eyes and just agree with me in this. So God, we, we give you any frustration, past, present, or future that we're holding in our hands right now. All the frustration we give to you. And Lord, we just ask you to come, Jesus, and place pleasure and praise in these hands. And now I just want you to put your hands like on your chest like you just received it. We praise you, Lord. God, we want to be a people who walk in pleasure and praise in you. We want to do everything from that place. Not from control, not from bitterness or unforgiveness or whatever. We want to see how a situation should be from heaven to earth, and we want to we want to lock into you with pleasure and praise and walk that out in that way. Amen. All right, now I just want everyone to say. <laughs> I hear like music playing. I don't know. Do you hear that? I don't hear it. It just must be you. Now, I want everyone to say, if you were here in worship, you know what I'm talking about. I am not a rubber duck. I am not a rubber duck. (laughs) Okay? That's good. Um, One more thing. Sorry. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Um, If you have got a cold or sore throat, just raise your hand. Even if you think, like, oh, it's just from the weather, raise your hand. Look around you and put your hand on the people who have their hands raised. We're not going to put up with this. It doesn't matter if the weather's changing. We don't get to carry this. So right now, we um, just start declaring um, life over them. Health. Health and wholeness. Life, health, and wholeness. Every cell, we command you to open up. Every uh, breathing passage, we command you to drain and open up dry up, open up. God, whatever needs to happen in these bodies, we just release your healing touch over them right now in the name of Jesus. Wholeness. If you're currently facing something that's testing your faith, let's just, uh, let's just go after that here. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because the testing of your faith develops a heroic endurance. And that heroic endurance, when it's fully complete, will make you mature so that you are lacking in nothing.
So get excited. Is anyone in here having their faith tested with anything? Anyone trying? <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Dude, I am so jealous. You've got an upgrade knocking at your door. But to answer the door, we've got to start in the right place. We've got to start from heaven's perspective. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask for wisdom. We're going to ask for wisdom. Holy Spirit, we are just going to, let's just stay preoccupied with Jesus until the answer comes. <laughs> God, we're anticipating. We are asking for wisdom, God. We're not just waiting for it to shoot us in the head. God, uh, we're asking. But Lord, we're just keeping our eyes on you. We're enjoying you. Here's what this means, guys. As you're going through trials with joy, it's going to involve smiling. It's going to involve happiness. It's going to involve some laughter. Have you ever met someone, you're like, are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. It's like, well, then tell your face. Like, come on, someone didn't get the notice. It was you. So, Lord, we just thank you that we can have a joy because we recognize that you're building something in here where we're lacking in nothing. Literally lacking in nothing. So, Lord, give us strength. Give us wisdom. Lord, we're hanging on to you until you tell us just what to do. I thank you that the holy genius lives on the inside of us. Just put your hand on somebody. Just pray wisdom, strength. Let the holy Jesus, holy Jesus, holy Jesus, holy genius, wisdom. Just get him, Jesus. And Lord, we pray for our city. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in Columbus on earth as it is in heaven.